0: After somewhat of a disappointment of a decommitment on Friday from a wide receiver, we're quickly bouncing back today with exciting news. Stan is really excited that Arkansas got the commitment of a dual-threat quarterback. We talked a lot about this on Friday, but nevertheless, it is now official.
1: Mm -hmm. It's official. Uh, Malachi Singleton is a guy that we've been talking about a whole lot just completed his third visit. This time brought his mom and his dad. Uh, he brought his mom and his brothers previously. Brought his mom and his dad with him this time. I mean, the writing was pretty much on the wall the whole time, making a third visit all the way from Fayetteville, to Fayetteville from uh, from Georgia, uh, eastern Georgia, or excuse me, western Georgia, I guess. But um, nice-looking nice prospect. Uh, we talked about him a lot. Obviously, I've, I've said, you know, when you, you break down the guys that you feel Arkansas is really in the mix with, this was – this was the guy on my radar, at least. I know it was on Danny West's radar uh, and a lot of other people. So, six-one, now listed at 225. I mean, if it didn't work out at quarterback, there's a linebacker or a running back right here. But uh, he's got a really nice arm, throws a nice deep ball also, and can really run. 23, almost 2,400 passing yards last season, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions, and ran... I believe, 160 times for uh, 1,034 34 yards, something like that, and added 25 more touchdowns on the ground. And did this in 6A Georgia, the second-highest classification in the state of Georgia, and obviously high school football is a pretty big deal down there. Picked Arkansas over uh, UCF, Miami, Georgia. NC State was still was in there a little bit in the end, but those are the, the hats that he had on the table next to Arkansas's. And uh, number 192 overall ranked prospect in the country on 24-7 sports. He's a top 24-7 player, number 18 quarterback, number 19 overall in Georgia. He is also a four-star on ESPN, and Rivals has him as a barely a three-star. So I'm not sure what that is, but that brings his composite ranking down uh, quite a bit and makes him a three-star on the composite. So um, even if he, gets moved, <laughs> if he gets moved up to a mid-range three-star on Rivals, then he'll probably be a composite four-star really nice offer list and again plays plays a a high level of football and a guy that you know i think probably is is kind of made for this type of system and it's a system too he could be a guy that's asked to play pretty early you've obviously got kj and we're thinking maybe kj another year hopefully out of him i think if you know we say hopefully just because if he has a really great year then that means arkansas has a great year and you know he he moves on and you know it's it's a win-win for everybody um, but you know he's a guy that could probably be asked to play early. Uh, I would guess he would be competing with Malik Hornsby, who'll be a you know redshirt junior by that point. So regardless if he plays as a freshman or um, you know a couple years down the road, it'll be pretty pretty early in his career. I would think he'd be asked to to help. And um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a prospect uh Arkansas fans I think should be. Uh, happy to get the comparison on him is Taj Boyd, who played at Virginia Tech and, and went on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, or not. Excuse me, not Virginia Tech, but uh, Clemson. Um, I always think he kind of reminds me of some, some some quarterbacks from Virginia Tech because his his team is the same colors in in high school. But uh, no, uh, Taj Boyd is the is the guy. If you look at his 24/7 profile, that's the the guy that Andrew Ivins, who's our uh, regional recruiting analyst for that area, kind of compares him to. So. Uh, nice, nice addition, moves Arkansas's class up to number five nationally also.
0: Trey, now that you know what you know, do you believe that Arkansas will still continue to try to recruit another quarterback?
1: I think so. I don't know it's, that it's going to be like Jaden Rashada or something, but I think it's possible that you know maybe there's a guy who merges late inside the state. Maybe, um, you know, just, I, I kind of get the feeling that whoever it will be, will be more of a um, maybe not a project, but just a guy that's not as highly regarded as, as Singleton is, a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't have offers on the same level. But Arkansas needs position, uh, players at that position. I mean, we're looking at, you know, you say they have two scholarship quarterbacks. Cade Fortin and Cade Renfro are both scholarship-worthy type quarterbacks. I mean, both of them went to Power Five schools on scholarship. You know, Fortin went to uh, North Carolina on scholarship and uh, and uh, Renfro went to Ole Miss on scholarship. So, you know, those are the two guys you have as your walk-on quarterbacks. They're not typical uh, walk-on quarterbacks. So it, it may be not as bad as it seems. But still four quarterbacks, and you're talking about playing, it, playing one of them a lot at wide receiver. The numbers, you know, are low overall at that position, especially we know um, – you know the the regularity at which quarterbacks transfer out. Just had one this past spring, uh, right in the middle of it. So, got to get quarterbacks, and and sometimes that may not mean you know getting a, a super highly regarded guy. Because, I mean, heck, you got to get through practices too. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I would expect them to try to sign another one in this class. And if they don't get one, then then maybe try to find somebody in the transfer portal. I mean, we do see we see schools, other schools in the SEC, bring in guys that you know, maybe started at other SEC schools um, who, you know, are going to compete against other guys. You know, there's there's a – there'll be that kind of competition at Texas A&M, guys that, you know, Haynes King was a starter, and uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Johnson, the, uh, the LSU quarterback who's over there now, right? Max Johnson. So, you know, it happens at other schools, so maybe you can still get some um, – a guy in there who's quality – after K.J. leaves and, and, you know, push Malik Hornsby, push Kate Thornton, whoever else is at Arkansas, and, and get the numbers back right. But I think that's a big concern at this position, with the transfer portal, just because guys already transferred at a high rate at quarterback in this, you know. If you're not going to start, you can transfer real quick and play somewhere else. So it's kind of scary to think about.
0: You can see the transfer portal, though, when it shuts down May 1st. They've got to be in it. You can still sign a financial agreement after mm-hmm. May 1st, uh, but then it uh, doesn't open back up again until uh, August, right before the start of the, of the uh, fall season. So if, I would think, Trey, if, if you can't get someone this spring, wouldn't you then just wait until maybe in August to see what else mm-hmm. opens up?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know, Randy, that they necessarily need a quarterback this year. Okay. I'm just talking about okay. talking about next year when KJ leaves, you know. And, right. Then you know your options are going to be Malik Hornsby. who We still have some questions about his ability to throw the ball. Um, you know, two guys that are really good walk-ons and you know a true freshman. So at that point, you might you might look at you know what are my numbers. Of course, you never know, but I mean. Just the rate at which guys transfer, you you almost feel like you're gonna to have to probably pull somebody out of the portal next year at quarterback also.
0: Um <laughs> I saw your story today on hogsports.com about two more Arkansas players entering the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the transfer portal, and I had the chuckle when the first name was Dorian Gerald. Yeah.
1: I'm thinking yeah, Wait to me,
2: is he gonna play? Is he even gonna play?
1: Well, I guess he, he is, huh? He will be entering his seventh year uh, wow. post-high school, so he gets Good the one goodness. year back because of the COVID rule. And, I mean, he's been injured so much in his career yeah. that I would, under the new, you know, it used to be a six-year rule, but under the new rule, uh, it's easier to get a medical hardship now. So I would assume for one of those years he could possibly get back and get that seventh year.
2: Can you believe he's even going to play though? As much as he's been hurt.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wondered if he would just kind of say, you know what, <laughs> I did my best, and I just, I couldn't stay healthy, and it happened three years in a row. And but I mean, you can't do anything but wish the guy the best of luck. He wasn't on Arkansas' spring roster. Somebody had said that maybe he had had a medical hardship waiver uh, or medical. Uh, I get, I get sometimes get the, the language confused, but there's the uh, how medical hardship is
2: where you can stay on scholarship and where you, where and not you stay play. on
1: scholarship. Yeah, I think I right. said that earlier for the wrong. Did you think in but, six
2: in six years? It, you don't think he's got his degree yet?
1: Yeah. Well, he's got a doctorate, Doctor Gerald. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, if he did get that at Arkansas, then that would mean he wouldn't be able to return to Arkansas and play football, you know, but you could right. go somewhere else. Right. Uh, as the rule states. So I don't know if that's 100% what happened, but somebody had mentioned that it, it that might have been the case. But um, anyway, wish him the best of luck. Kellen Burl, Keelan Burrell, excuse me, um, you know, just wasn't ever, just wasn't getting on the field here. I think maybe he, he just wasn't quite big enough. Um, To be a steady contributor at Arkansas, he's just a little undersized, never got over, like, 210 pounds, at least his listed weight, and uh, spent the spring injured. I saw him on the sideline, but uh, just wasn't – I mean, he was – in his first two years, he hadn't seen the field at all, not even on special teams or anything. So, I think it's probably, um, you know, a move that probably both parties are are happy with.
0: Are you expecting – any more to go into
1: the portal? The deadline is May 1st. Sure. Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible that more enter. I mean, um, I, I would I would say the odds are more likely that someone else won or the transfer portal than won't <laughs> this so when day you're, and age.
2: When you're thinking of the scholarship numbers, did you even have Dorian Gerald counted? You, you probably yeah. had the other guy counted, so that's yeah. one scholarship that becomes available.
1: Right, yeah they're going to be fine on scholarships. I think they'll they'll probably get to a point where they can give some guys scholarships who are walk-ons.
0: Huh. Okay. Uh, let's talk with uh, Elwood. Elwood, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey.
3: Hi, guys. I got a uh, the two-part question about professional baseball. So I asked my one, and don't cut me off. But I asked my important one. Uh, You know, when, when we go watch a football game from high school to the Super Bowl, after the game, the winners and the losers commingle and they talk to each other and whatnot. Why is it, and it's always been this way, that in baseball, Major League Baseball, the losers run for the dugout like a batch of scalded dogs. I mean, why is that?
2: You mean every game? Well, well, number one, they play 162 games, so they don't all shake hands with each other uh, after every game. Even after the World Series, out of respect, the losers stay in their dugout and watch the celebration, but they let the winners celebrate without going out there and saying, hey, good job. What we never see is, in the clubhouses after, occasionally there will be players who will go to the other clubhouse, congratulate them. You never see that. Oh, yeah, but, I thought of but, that, but on But on the field, okay. there's they play too many games to be shaking each other's hands after every one of them.
3: Okay, that answers question number one. Question number two, I know one of you guys is based out of Little Rock.
2: Randy's in central right? Arkansas.
3: Okay, or, or close to there.
2: And Ray Here's Tucker's in central Arkansas. Yeah, Trey and okay. I are in northwest I, uh, Arkansas.
3: I would love to take my grandkids and uh, great-grandkids to see what I'll call professional baseball. Yeah. I can't afford to go 300 mile each way to see the Cardinals Yeah, with all the added expenses. Right. What do you think about going to see the Arkansas Trailers?
2: No. A, Hey, that's a great ballpark. Great uh-huh. ballpark, highly fi- family entertainment. If your grandkids are young, they're going to enjoy baseball regardless of who's playing. Obviously, if they're yeah, teenagers those, you're, you're or older. Yeah,
1: are all heroes, you
2: know. Yeah, take them. Well, Go to great stadium. Where are, you li- where are you
1: located? Where are you located?
2: Where do you live? Where, North, is? South Arkansas. Yeah, where do you live, Bellwood?
1: I live, I
3: live 110 miles from little rock and that okay
2: all right so it's well, a two-hour take, drive uh, Tuesday, a little less than a two-hour drive i'd say take Tuesday, them and enjoy you can the see
1: day a college game you can see UCA yeah. and arkansas
3: play uh well the students. reason i i do you know, i I, you know, I could go to asu or something to see college but i wanted sure. the kids to see professional baseball yeah. when i was a very young boy there was uh i lived in montana in great falls and there was a a Class D or C League or something called the Pioneer League, and I saw a very young, I was just a kid, a very young Harmon Killebrew. I didn't know who he was from Adam. Right. Years later, I moved to the uh, Twin Cities, and all of a sudden, the Washington Centers became the Minnesota Twins. And, yeah. You know, I mean, anyway, I, I guess the deal, you know, I wanted to see guys that are, I'd like to see the kids. One day, one of these guys
2: might make it, you know? Yeah. I'd I'd say take them to a game, enjoy that, and be um, assured that Adam Killebrew never made it, but Harmon did. What's that? Well, you didn't know Harmon Killebrew from Adam. Well, Adam Killebrew never made it to the majors, but Harmon did.
0: I'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know. Harmon, yeah, I'm talking Harmon. It's okay. okay. All right, Elwood. Uh, Hey, hey, thank you. you. We got Trey Biddy on right now. Thank Thank you, you. you. Elwood.
0: Okay, this from our Asher Wrecker Service Company live in feed feedback. Larry says, my only concern about the signing of Singleton, he hasn't signed yet, he's committed,
2: right. is
0: that he is a unique player that fits well in Kendall Brawl's type of offense. With us being fortunate to have Brawl still on staff, what happens the event that Briles leaves after this year? She'll be looking for a second quarterback commit for 2023. You kind of touched on that, Troy, a moment ago, but if you want to add mm-hmm. anything to it.
1: No, I don't really know what I would add to it. I don't I don't think just with Bryles leaving, that's going to um, cause too much of an issue if that happens. Um, you know, obviously, you don't expect coordinators to stick around forever. I think maybe the real question is, where does Arkansas go at coordinator if that happens? And uh, one of the candidates, I believe, is on the roster in Dow Loggins. I think mm-hmm. he would be... I'm not saying it's a, it's a slam dunk that he would get the job, but I, I would think that uh, it would be a pretty prime candidate.
2: And you and you might say, hey, if Pittman would still might be looking for a coordinator who's going to run an offense similar to what Bryles runs,
1: right? I don't think there's any question that Pittman believes that that's um, the the best way for Arkansas to have success in this day and age. And um, you know, I've I've said before, I, I like football how it was played, you know, 20 years ago. And uh, that's just me. But this day and age with the rules the way they are, with linemen being able to go, you know, three yards downfield and a lot of cases farther than that, the RPO game just, it makes sense to to run that type of offense. Just the way the rules are, uh, the only thing that really makes sense nowadays is to run a hurry-up, you know, up-tempo offense. That's, that's
0: it. Trey, uh, a couple of uh, – I don't know how they, they managed to do this Saturday with Garth Brooks about to perform, but they somehow did this. You were talking about Malachi Singleton, his parents being on campus. Mm-hmm. Fletcher Westfall, who's probably one of the tiniest, tiniest offensive linemen that Arkansas will recruit, he's just 6'8", 320, he mm-hmm. is a four-star recruit in the class of 2024. And then you had – Yeah, out of Virginia. Then you had um, a four-star defensive lineman, uh, Jamarius Brown, who's one of the better players in the state of Alabama, period, 6'3", 280, Moss Point, Moss Point Mississippi. And he's already visited Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Florida State I mean these guys continue to maze. you're talking about uh everything was going on in Fayetteville that is impressive that they were able to entertain these young
1: men and their families yeah Peyton Pierce was there too he's a four-star linebacker in the class of 2024 number 93 ranked prospect in the country same high school as Bumper Pool, by the way uh who, who really enjoyed his visit too so yeah it was uh it was a good weekend in Fayetteville the weather was nice and had some good recruits in town and Garth Brooks played. I went. It was it was fantastic. There was eighty thousand people calling the hogs, which might have been that might have been a record. Mm-hmm.
2: That would be if it were eighty thousand. That'd be a record.
1: Yeah, it was a it had to be a a record for the hog call, a record for um, a crowd. I would assume. Yeah, had to be a record for a crowd, um, mm-hmm. a concert, anything. I guess so. Uh, it was pretty good. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a it was like a Three hour sing along. <laughs> That's what it really was.
0: <laughs> if you knew the songs, that is. Um, down to five now for Cedric Baxter Jr. And I got to mm-hmm. admit, Trey, the first time that when I look, um, this was by Andrew Evans of the 247 staff. But when I see Orlando, Florida, I realize. Alex Collins came out of Miami, but I'm I'm just there's just so many schools he's got to pass as, as yep. you say so often to get to Arkansas, and there's some pretty good schools in the in the way of getting to
1: Arkansas. The thing that I liked about what uh, Bielema, Randy Shannon, Charlie Partridge, what those guys did uh, with recruiting Miami is Miami's far from everybody. So it doesn't matter <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: where, where they're going. If they're going outside of Miami, they've got a they've got a distance to travel. So I thought that was kind of interesting because we've seen staffs like really hit the Panhandle area before because it's a little bit closer. But that you know kind of makes sense. But uh, Cedric Baxter is is big time, 6'1", 215, and fast, powerful. Number forty six ranked prospect in the entire country. Number four running back. And what is it? Arkansas, Florida, Miami, Texas, and A and M. K&M, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a that's a pretty elite group of, of programs there. So we'll see what happens. Maybe who has the
0: best NIL deal. It's all said and done. All right, yeah. Trey.
1: Comes into a lot of it.
0: Yep. Yes, sir. We will talk to you tomorrow. This is Trey Media of hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service.